following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this Sunday, October 24th, week seven game day morning. Right now broadcasting at about quarter after 10 in the a.m. We've got hours before we kick off for yet another week of action-packed NFL football. I had the privilege of going up to West Point yesterday to go watch my alma mater, Wake Forest, take part in what was nothing short of an absolute shootout. Shootout up there between the Demon Deacons and Army, and it was a final of 70, 70 to 56. I mean, not a single field goal in the game. Not a one. Not a single field goal. Nothing but touchdowns. And it was long bomb after long bomb after long bomb from the Demon Deacons, and a great way to start off at least my football weekend. Got to see a bunch of guys from Wake Forest, which was awesome because I had not seen people in ages. And it's always good to get with the peeps and hang and a lot of fun. Uh, So it was a good start to the weekend and look to continue that today. I unfortunately will be, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but I will be coaching my son's soccer again for the 1 o'clock games and I'll have to jump in afterward. So this is what uh, I, I do to get myself up to speed with everything about to kick off and for the one and a half people that listen, uh, you know, I, I get to tell them a little bit about what the movement has been across Vegas and injury updates and the rest. So let's get right into it here. We had one game so far that took place. That was the Thursday night game. Obviously, Browns won that one versus the Broncos. Uh, My brother and I both had the Broncos on that one, so we were incorrect in that. But goes to show you, look, we mentioned it on Thursday that injuries nowadays in the NFL, I'm not quite sure, unless they're intra-game, if they have a whole hell of a lot of impact on the end result. Quarterbacks, obviously, depending on who the quarterback is. Running backs, doesn't seem to matter. Other defensive players, doesn't seem to matter. Offensive linemen, doesn't seem to matter. I mean, the one thing that you've learned is that with the amount of injuries that have taken place this year and the results being what they are, I question exactly how much the injuries make an impact. Granted, it's not during the game. Anyway, I thought for sure Broncos were going to come in there in that spot and take that game. They did not. The Browns, with all the injuries that they had, went in there, took command of that game, and took home the victory. So that'll bring us to our Sunday 1 o'clock games, where we will start off in Tennessee. Nissan Stadium, the Titans hosting the Chiefs. Right now, the Chiefs are the road favorite in this one. They are a four and a half point favorite right now. The over-under is 57. So the Sharps earlier in the week had not taken a lean. They will jump in here on the Chiefs, as is everybody else. The Chiefs have gotten a little bit more action on the ticket side, and the money side has seen a huge influx of dollars. Uh, 41% earlier in the week. That is ticked up all the way almost to 70% today. The injury report going to it. The Chiefs, they had Travis Kelsey, who uh, who was a limited participant earlier in the week uh, because of a neck injury, and that was kind of a surprise, but then he ended up being a full full practice on Friday, so he's done. He's not even on the injury report, so he's good to go. Uh, Tyreek Hill is questionable, but Adam Schefter said he was going to play, and then Chris Jones, the defensive lineman, he's been injured all year long, and he's going to be questionable as well. The Titans, they're going to be short their tackle, so here's the deal. 
we were talking about injuries literally 30 seconds ago, and their left tackle, Taylor Lewin, he ended up having that concussion in the game. He's not going to play this week, obviously. Daniel Jones, last week, he was good to go, but Lewin, not going to happen. So their line is going to take a hit there. Julio Jones uh, is questionable, but he sounds like he's going to play. And then the only other... Uh, player of note is going to be in the secondary. Amani Hooker is uh, going to be questionable in this game, and uh, if you've followed the Titans, their defensive backfield's been all banged up, and they lost another player last week, uh, the rookie cornerback, uh, Farley, uh, and so he's going to be out. So now Hooker's a questionable, so there you go. you got a little bit more questions in the secondary versus the Chiefs offense, which that's going to be the question here. You know, I, I can understand why the money has come in on the Chiefs as the week has come on, especially with some of these questions. Uh, you know, the Titans are going to have to keep up with this offense. Not to say that they can't, but if it was, you know, if, if you were a, a betting man, I, I could understand saying, look, the Chiefs, they don't produce well against the spread, but, you know, they have the ability to. If they put things together, maybe they've gotten all of the mistakes out of their system at this point, and they're starting to put things together. Uh, and if that was the case, then the Titans defense, especially with a banged-up secondary, not, you know, I, I mean, it's completely contradictory. I'm saying that the injuries don't matter, and then I'm talking about the injuries here, but it is how it is. It's just how my mind works. I have trouble uh, accepting the, the facts that happen every week, which is that the injuries don't necessarily matter all that much. But that said... I ended up taking the Chiefs in this spot for that reason. My brother went on the other side, and he ended up taking the Titans. So the next game will take us to New England, where in Foxborough Stadium, uh, the Patriots will be facing off against the Jets. The Patriots are going to be favored in this one by six and a half points. Now that's down a half a point from earlier. The over and under is at 42 and a half. The Sharps have come in on the Jets. This is a narrative I have heard Pretty much all week. Jets, not that bad. One week to prepare. Robert Sala is, is a good coach. LaFure uh, can figure out a better game plan than he did out in London. And the Patriots just aren't that good. They're not the Patriots that you have known from years past. Everybody gives them fucking credit for everything they did previously, which included a guy by the name of Tom Brady, and obviously rosters that were a little more solid. This Patriots is not those Patriots, and so for them to be getting favored by seven points is a little much. The Sharps like that narrative and they jumped in on it. As for the money and the tickets, they're still heavy on the Patriots, but you've seen a little bit slide toward the Jets. About 10% in both the tickets and the money have slid over toward New York side of the ball. So the Patriots right now pulling in 80% of the tickets and 78% of the money in this one. As for the injury report, the people of note, C.J. Mosley, the linebacker for the Jets, you know, I, he, he was he was injured, I think, two years ago. Last year, he was off for COVID. He came back this year, and now he's got an, a hamstring injury. And I think the hamstring injury is what plagued him two years ago. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, he missed practice all week with the same uh, hamstring. Well, not the same, but a hamstring injury. And he's doubtful to play it on Sunday. So you could just knock that knock that down to out. He is not going to play. Tevin Coleman, uh, one of the running backs in that backfield, he popped up on the... Uh, injury report as questionable. And so now it's a question of whether or not he's going to go. Have to see as we get closer to game time there. Uh, it looks like he also is battling an, a hamstring injury. Other side of the field, the Patriots, they've got two big names to note on the defensive front, and that's Devon Godchuk and Dante Hightower. Uh, they mispracticed on Friday, so obviously mispracticed on Friday. That makes it questionable today. Maybe they can go, but obviously, you know, that would be a big loss for their defense. They also had some other people from the defensive side of the ball that are all on the questionable list. And that's the screwy thing with the injury list now, right? They changed this, what, three years ago, maybe? And they changed the whole thing around. And so now basically you have questionable, which is like, yeah, they're going to play, but they're injured of some sort, which doesn't really help. Then you have doubtful, which is almost the same as out. And if the player goes from doubtful to actually playing, it's kind of a shock. So you basically just have 
out, which is out and doubtful, and then you have I'm banged up, but I'm playing, which is questionable. And there's no way to decipher <laughs> unless you actually go down to the daily practice participation who is really that banged up. But then again, I mean, they could just sit him on Friday just because they want to give him the rest because they know they can go on, on Sunday. But why press it on, on Friday? It, it's just crazy to decipher. But anyway, the Patriots right now on the defensive side of the ball – on the questionable list, you have names such as Juwan Bentley, the linebacker, uh, Kyle D- Duggar, who took over for Duggar, who took over for Adrian Phillips, uh, the safety. Adrian Phillips also on the list. So, and then Kyle Vinoy. So, and Kyle Vinoy's been on it all year long. So, anyway, the uh, the Patriots have a ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and we have those couple of players of note for the Jets: Mosley and Tevin Coleman. So, talking about New York, we will stay in New York and this time travel to New York, where in East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Giants will face off against the Panthers. Right now, the Panthers are another road favorite here. Panthers favored by three. Over under is 43 in this game. The Sharps have come in on the Giants. Oh, I forgot to get my my brother and I pick for the Jets and the Patriots. We both took the Patriots in that game. Now, fast forward, which made no sense because I just broke the timeline here, and it was as though I just hopped in the DeLorean, went back, told you about what my brother and I were picking for the Jets and the Patriots, and now I've gone all the way back to the Giants and the Panthers. Like I said, Panthers, road favorite. It is three points in favor of Carolina now, over under 43 points. The Sharps coming in on the Giants on this one. You go over to look at the money and the tickets, and they have slowly ticked up for the Panthers in both regards. The tickets only a little bit, but the money has gone from 50% on the Panthers, so it was an even spread earlier in the week, all the way up to almost 70%. So you've seen money piling in on the Panthers on this one. Uh, I ended up taking the Giants. My brother took the Panthers. Uh, My brother had no faith in the Giants. He's gone with the Giants in previous weeks and gotten toasted. For me, I picked the Giants primarily because this is the giant bounce-back spot. I've just seen it too many times, me being a Giant fan, that they get up against it, they're dead in the water, and then all of a sudden, they piece together some game like this against a team that's completely manageable, and then they rip off like a two of three, three of four, something to salvage a season and completely screw up their draft picks. So they get a shitty pick that's in the middle of the middle of the uh, draft order, and you don't get something high up. And if they do get high up, then they draft a running back, which they, you should never do. But anyway, um, the other part for me picking the Giants against the Panthers is Sam Darnold just isn't good. I had high hopes for him. I actually wanted to draft him for the Giants over Barkley years back. I probably would have been wrong about that. I don't think Darnold is a terrible quarterback, but he's just average, and you have seen that so far here. Is he a starter? Maybe. He's probably the borderline starter backup quarterback. He did it in New York with the Jets. Then he went to Carolina. He got a fresh new start, and after a couple of games of being okay to mediocre, all of a sudden, it all went downhill. And in the past couple of weeks, you have seen that uh, Sam Darnold is really struggling here. So with him struggling, the Giants at home, the Giants' defense having potential, even though they have not performed this year, I ended up going with the Giants in that one. Again, my brother ended up taking the Patriots. As for injuries, um, if you want to know, the Giants are well-documented, but we'll go through them. Barkley out, Galladay out, Kadarius Tony out. So three of their big playmakers are out for this week. Other questionables, all playmakers. Uh, John Ross, the wide receiver they brought in from the uh, in the offseason. He actually finally came back, and now he's banged up. Ingram's been banged up. He's always ganged up. That's the reason they're going to get rid of him. And then the biggest question mark is Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard was having a great year. Then he got injured. Then he was out. He came back. He got banged up again. And now there's a question mark of whether or not he's actually going to play this week. Another wide receiver is um, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is banged up. They think he's going to go. So he has a little bit more of a lean toward the yes column than does Sterling Shepard, but we will have to see. Anyway, point being, the Giants all crazy banged up. Doesn't help those like myself picking on the G-Men. Panthers, uh, their left tackle was a full participant in Thursday. Cameron Irvin, for those uh, scoring at home, he was a full participant Thursday. Then he missed Friday's session with an illness, and so now he will be marked as questionable. I would imagine he goes 
you know, stay up to date with that and listen to the pregames to see if that is actually the case. I don't know if that necessarily would matter. That's that's the perfect situation where I don't think it matters. So if the left tackle goes, great. If the left tackle is out, I don't think in 2021 that's going to make that big of a deal. But anyway, so the other uh, injury of note, Stephen Gilmore, who they brought in. I don't think he's go. I know he had till Saturday uh, around 4, so it was yesterday afternoon, to come off the pup list and play. I don't think he did. Again, I was at the Wake Forest game. There are probably plenty of resources out there to find up, but he has not played, so I don't imagine. If, if he did come back and play, that would be a bonus for Carolina, but I have not heard that he is going, so I am imagining that he is an out. Uh, again, if you want to stay up to date with Irving and Gilmore, uh, you can tune in to many of the pregame shows that are around to see about their status. So then from East Rutherford, we will head south. Hop on the 95 if you want to drive it. You could fly it. It's probably easier to fly it, but shorter, uh, you know, who knows? With, with the traffic, who knows what's shorter nowadays? You know, you got to go to the airport. It takes five hours just to get through security. But anyway, we're going to head down 95. We're going to drive down to Baltimore, where the Ravens are going to be taking on the Bengals. This is actually one of the better games this week. Uh, again, it, it's pretty crazy <laughs> the amount of bad games there are right now. But again, if you think about it, that's completely a function of there being really shitty football teams right now in 2021 and having several big teams on buys this week. Noticeably, n- notably, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Vikings, and the Jaguars, all on buys, and they all have had okay seasons, right? Yeah, the Steelers who, uh, you know, middling, and then the Jaguars who stink. But with those teams out, you're getting a terrible bunch of games. So the Ravens-Bengals game here is a good one, even though the spread would tell you otherwise, because the spread right now is at six and a half points. It has stayed there um, throughout the week. So what has happened with the over and under? Has that adjusted itself at all? It has. It actually has come down. It originally was 47, and that is at 45.5. So Ravens by 6.5, over under 45.5. Sharps are going to come in on the Bengals. They've been on the Bengals all week. As for the money, the money is also starting to flow over toward the Bengals side. Early in the week, the Ravens had in the 60s for the tickets and the money. Those numbers have come down. Now the Bengals own 52% of the ticket pool and own 66% of the money pool. So as you can see, there's been a big shift from Wednesday to game day morning in terms of where the bets are going. A lot of people picking the Bengals in this one. Uh, My brother and I both picked the Ravens. I do like the Bengals. I think that Joe Burrow is great. This is just a spot where I think Baltimore is a good football team. They have battled tons of injuries, and we'll get to the update shortly here. But even through all of those injuries that they've battled through, they have reach the levels that they're at right now. Granted, a couple of things could have went different ways and they could be 500, but they're not. They are a solid football team and they are sitting right now at 5-1. and one. And this team historically, John Harbour's uh, Ravens, have beat up on worse teams. The Bengals might have turned the corner. Their record says that they have. They're 4-2 and two for the first time in, in, in a while. Uh, historically, I don't know. I didn't look up on Google. But, I, you know, they're rarely 4-2, and two, at least in recent history. I think that this is going to be one of those games where they're good. They're just not on this level. And as the Ravens historically beat up on bad teams, you might see a little bit of here. And I've only got to get a touchdown to get it. So I went with the Ravens. My brother also did. The injury report as of right now, right now, Cincinnati is short, uh, well, not short yet, but he's questionable. The quarterback, uh, Jalen Davis, he was limited in Friday's practice, and he missed Wednesday and Thursday. So the Ravens, look, they are so insanely banged up, it's almost not worth talking about, but if you haven't kept up to speed, Latvius Murray and Sammy Watkins, running back wide receiver, are out. Other questionable for the game of note, Villanueva, the tackle. He is questionable with a knee. Tavon Young, questionable with a knee. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, center, questionable with a back. Uh, Patrick Queen, who's been their inside linebacker, although his stats have not been great all year, he is now questionable with a thigh injury. 
what the hell does it matter, right? I, go through and look at their injured their IR list for the year, and if there's any team that starting all the way back from training camp when they first lost uh, their running back, and, and I completely forgot his name, even though I drafted him second overall. Um, what the hell was his name? Come on, Rich. Uh, you could think of this. His name was J.K. Dobbins. God, man, it's just crazy. <laughs> you draft somebody with a second pick, and here we are seven weeks in, and you forgot his name. But anyway, going back all the way to training camp, the Ravens have, banged up, have been banged up the whole fucking year. They lost Dobbins to begin with. Gus Edwards went after. It's just been one after another. And they continue to battle these injuries. Doesn't matter. They're 5-2 and two right now, favored by 6.5. And, and the Eggy brothers are picking the Ravens in Baltimore. So the Baltimore Ravens will play uh, at home. The Dolphins will play at home. The difference between these two teams is that the Dolphins are coming all the way from London to play a home game without any kind of rest. Yeah, that's right. So they take the Falcons who are going to be facing off against the Dolphins this week and are coming off a week of rest and placing them against a team that just flew back from overseas and didn't get any rest. One of the screwier, screwier, screw, 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 it, I'm trying to say screwier, screwier, screwier. That's how you say it, screwy, screwier. One of the more fucked up game setups that you've ever seen in your life. In a team that's coming off a of bye versus a team that's coming back from one of the London games. I, I just, I don't understand it. So, I Jacksonville, they get the bye. But the Dolphins, nah, you're going to just come back and you're going to play. So, here we go. Here's yet another home dog. The Falcons favored by two and a half. The over-under in this game is 47 and a half points. And so, that has actually ticked up just a little bit to 48 points. So, with the Falcons being a road favorite, the tickets have sided with the Falcons and have actually ticked up just a little bit. They're almost at 60%, right? Oh, 60%. This is what I'm trying to fly through uh, broadcasts here. The Falcons are at 60% right now of the ticket total, and they own 64% of the money pool, and that's been the same all week long. So the injury report for these guys, I mean, the Falcons have had a week off. So the only thing of note is that Dante Fowler, Dante Fowler the outside linebacker, is going to be out this week. The Dolphins is the bigger question, and they've got a very large injury report. We'll go through some of the notables here who are all questionable. You have Xavier Xavier Howard, the cornerback. You have Byron Jones, the cornerback. You have Devontae Parker, the wide receiver, and the linebacker, Jalen Phillips. They're all injured and are all questionable coming off of the game just a week ago. So, I ended up Taking the Dolphins. That's what I did. So I, basically in this game, for me, this is the Dolphins spot. Uh, if, if the Dolphins have anything left for them, Tua's going to be playing this game again. He played well last week. He's going to play um, under center again this week. If there is anything left for this Dolphins team, then they're going to pull off this victory here at home. If it's it for this regime and possibly this roster as it exists, then this isn't going to be the spot for them. And this is what my brother is thinking when he goes and sides with the Falcons. The fact that they're going to get Calvin Ridley back, they're going to be coming off a week of rest, and basically, I you know, with only one notable person out, uh, and that being Fowler, he's liking the Falcons' chances here against a Dolphins team that's just taxed with travel and playing an injury. Um, I, I don't know. I You know, on paper, I just think that the Dolphins are a better coach team at this point. The Falcons are starting to piece things together. They've had some decent games. They won versus the Giants. They played hard against the Buccaneers. But right now, I'm just going with the fact that this is a Dolphin season, in my mind. And, and, and their season in different regards. I don't. They're not coming close to the playoffs, I don't think. However, I think that if they lose this game, this season, for all intents and purposes, is in the toilet for many, many And it's going to be a rough sledding here on out if they don't pull out this victory here. So, the uh, Eggie brothers on opposite sides of it. I went with the Dolphins. Uh, my brother ended up going with the Falcons. So we will then head from Miami 
over to Green Bay. So we went from the sun and the warmth over to the uh, cold of Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Packers are going to be hosting the crappy football team. The Packers now eight and a half point favorites here. Um, they are 47 and a half is the over under, which is down a point and a half from earlier. And the Sharps are going to hop in here. They're going to go on the football team, which you could tell right away because if you look at the tickets and the money, they are super heavy on the Packers. And not only that, they have just increased as the week has gone on. So right now the Packers are at 76% of the ticket total and 89% of the money. And that is up way big from earlier in the week. So this is your 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 utter pros versus Joes. The Sharps are going to come in here and they're going to take the Washington football team and while everything else goes on the Packers. So I, my brother and I both took the Packers. Not really worth talking about. I, the football team is just shot. They, they're just, they don't really, Taylor Heineke is a good replacement quarterback. He showed flashes earlier in the year and then whether it was the defensive teams got tape on him or he just came back down to earth whatever it was he has had two really mediocre if not bad weeks the defense never came along like it was supposed to Ronda Rivera is fighting the good fight here trying to keep this team from falling apart but right now between the on-field product and then all of this shit happening with the owner John Gruden the old president it's just a mess. And let's not forget that the feds raided their uh, trainer. <laughs> they, you know, And there's a whole investigation going on on the training staff right now. The lead trainer and then multiple people. I mean, this is just so utterly chaotic right now in Washington. And now they got to go on the road and face off against a Packers team that is pretty pretty fucking good. So, I you know, they had that one uh floozy game in the beginning of the year, but they have righted the ship more or less and just come back from Chicago where Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers just told an entire fan base he fucking owned them. So, the injury report for the game, uh Washington is going to be out Curtis Samuel again. Also, uh, it he might play, but there's no way that Antonio Gibson is going to make it through this game. He is battling a shin injury that basically, from my understanding of it, and uh, don't quote me on this, he basically has like a broken shin or fractured shin. And so it's a pan, pain management situation as to whether or not he can complete the season. But it's not going to get better. So he either manages the pain all game long or he ultimately goes on the IR and just calls it, which I imagine is going to be in the near future here because every game that he plays, he ultimately leaves, and I can't foresee that process continuing on for week after week. I mean, we're week seven here. we got 10 weeks left. Uh, or 10 games left, right? 10 games, 18 weeks. you got one bye week. So, um, As for the Packers, there's a ton of game time decisions. I'll just rip through them all right now. Center guard Josh Myers, linebacker Preston Smith, safety Darnell Savage, cornerback De- uh, Kevin King, tackle Dennis Kelly. They'll all be game time decisions. So, I the Green Bay is not without their own shots uh, to their roster. However, those, I would imagine, are more or less the, hey, injuries don't matter factor. Uh, and I would probably say the same about uh, Curtis Samuel uh, and Gibson because Gibson's been banged up all week. But anyway, you want the injuries, there they are. So uh, my brother and I, Instapics, we just took the Packers in this one. And that actually wraps up the... One o'clock games, like we said. I mean, of these Chiefs Titans, yeah, okay, worth a watch. If you're a Jets and Pat- Patriots fan, the, the Pats Jets game is probably a watch. And then you have the Ravens Bengals. So, I mean, you, you have two okay games to watch, and then maybe a fan game in the middle of there. But that's what you got at one o'clock to, to face off against. And then in the four o'clock hour, it just gets even worse. So, we will start over in Las Vegas where the Raiders have the big win last week after they lose John Gruden, uh, after he you know peels back like Homer Simpson into the shrubs, and they win. They're going to be three-point favorites this week against the Eagles. Eagles are the team that nobody knows what the fuck to make out of these guys because you want to put them there, you want to favor them, then they lose these games, then you put them back as an underdog, then they come back and they win. I, you know, I don't know what to do with the Eagles, but they're three-point dogs here. 
The over-under right now is 48-and-a-half, and it looks as though, as I look, this spread has adjusted half a point down on the Eagles, so it is now two-and-a-half points for the Raiders here at home. 48-and-a-half, like I mentioned, is the over-under. As for the tickets and the money, they have started shifting over toward the Eagles from earlier in the week. Right now, the Eagles own 51% of the tickets and 59% of the money pool. Now, not a lot. It's just a slight lean. However, earlier in the week, the Eagles only had 31% of those tickets, and they had 56% of the money. So the money is ticked up just a little bit, but the tickets have flown over that way. Now, that that would, you know... if you don't like going with the with the Joes, then you know maybe the Raiders are for you, right? Because the Raiders are not getting the ticket love right now. Uh, I ended up going with the Raiders. My brothers went with the Eagles in this one. Uh, for me, I don't know. I, I bet on the Eagles throughout the year, and I've not seen a product that has been consistent enough for me that I could take them on the road against the Raiders team that has had some success this year. Um, I never thought the Raiders were going to be good. They performed well in spots. Things got a little messy. Then they have a big comeback game last week. This is a game I would stay away from altogether. However, I went with the Raiders because I had to. My brother, he likes the Eagles. He likes the potential they have in a lot of their skill position players, including their quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And then you have, obviously, the first-round draft pick, Devontae Smith. You have Miles Sanders. You have strong offensive and lines and defensive lines when they're healthy. So he went with what you would consider the better team on paper probably week one of the year. Uh, I, I did not. I ended up going with the Raiders. I think they might still have a little bit more of a push here before uh, you know their actual roster potential catches up with them and things kind of cap off. So we head over to the injury report. And right now is is the Eagles are going to be getting back a player. And that's probably the bigger news for compared to any of their current injuries. And that is tackle Lane Johnson. He's going to be back. He's missed the past three games. So defensive side of the ball, safety Anthony Harris, he didn't practice all week. He'll end up being a game-time decision. As for the Raiders, uh, tight end Nick Bowers, he's really not a factor, is out. But it becomes... A little bit more of a factor because Darren Waller, who is their star tight end and was getting all of the love, especially fantasy, early in the year uh, and has trailed off a little bit here in the past couple of weeks, he was listed as questionable with knee and ankle injuries. So he ultimately ended up being a limited participant late in the week in practice. And as far as I just last saw, he was questionable to go. So that's obviously something to keep track of as we approach the 4 o'clock hour. Losing Darren Waller I think would be an injury of note and something that might shift this a little bit. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Waller ends up being go- going out if the Raiders go from two and a half down to two. Um, because without that one piece, I-, I think that might impact their game a little bit. Uh, obviously, an injury of note. So, like I said, I'm on the Raiders. My brother is on the Eagles. I'm not really feeling good about that pick, but again, we pick them all. So, we will go from Las Vegas over to the coast. We will keep flying out west and we will head out to Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. Rams taking on the Lions. Here you go. Here's Shit game one of four of four o'clock, and there are three of these. So you have the Rams favored by 15 and a half over the Lions. The over-under in this one is 50 and a half points. And as I look now, that actually has gone from 15 and a half up to 16 and a half. So the Rams getting all kinds of crazy love. The Sharps are going to come in on the Rams here. The tickets and the money are on the Rams, but money they have shifted over toward the Lions as the week has gone on. So the tickets were at 76 on the Rams. That has come down to 62. And the money was at 92. That has come down to 85. So you see some people moving over to the Lions side of the ball. That is what both my brother and I did because the feeling was that at 15 and a half, it's just a lot of points. It's a ton of points. And you could see a backdoor cover here being down three touchdowns late in the game. You get a late touchdown, something to that effect. The question becomes, now, and what what's of note, the Sharps actually went on the Rams. They were on the Lions earlier. So the Sharps have shifted their position over toward the Rams' side of the ball. And that makes the Rams a trifecta bet this week, having both the Sharps or 
not both, but having all of the Sharps tickets and money pool behind them. The question becomes, and this was pretty funny because I'm listening to the, t- the radio in my wife's car going to pick up Chick-fil-A for the kids, and there's and I, I haven't heard this name forever, but there's some better. Fat Jack. Fat Jack was on, uh, was it? I think it was. It wasn't NFL. I think Fat Jack was on Mad Dog Sports, and he was going through the games, and he said that one of the data points that he they found, or whoever he's affiliated with, found useful was that at a certain uh, window related to the spread, the teams actually didn't cover. But when you got to, and I don't remember the names offhand, but basically saying the higher up the spread goes, the more likely it is that the the favored team covers that spread, right? So when the spread goes up, it leans more toward the dog. And then at a certain line in the sand, and I want to say it was like above 14 maybe, could be above 14, all of a sudden then people start favoring the the well, the favoring the favor, yeah, the favoring the favorites because the favorite ends up covering that. So whatever it is in the NFL, once it gets to be a certain degree, I people know that it's for a reason. And so this being fifteen and a half ends up being one of those uh, spreads, which is could be possibly why it got jacked up here to sixteen and a half. So again, the Rams favored heavy in this game. This is the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford game, if you have any kind of interest in that drama. But I ended up going with the Lions, as did my brother, and for me it was just too many points for a Lions team that seems to play pretty hard for the Lions. And now we will head to Tampa Bay. So we're going to go coast to coast here, just hop in the plane and fly all the way back to the East Coast where we will visit the pirate ship over there at Raymond James and the Buccaneers as they host the Bears. Another monster spread in this one. Buccaneers favored by 12.5 over the Chicago Bears. 47 is the over-under in this contest. Right now, the Sharps are going to be coming in on the Bears. Why do you ask? Because a lot of people are on the Bucks. Not a ton, but a lot. 60% of the tickets and 64% of the money are on the Bucks, and that money pool number has gone up quite a bit from 47 earlier in the week, up almost 20 points to where it lies now at 64%. Uh, I, you know, for me, if you look at this game, the question becomes, do you believe that Justin Fields can produce some kind of offense that would keep the Bears in this? Because otherwise, they really have shown you nothing throughout this season that would make you think that they would be able to keep up with the Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers' secondary Obviously, all season has been questionable. They're getting some people back. So people like Dean, who have missed prior weeks, is in this game. Um, Whitehead is playing in this game. And I don't know if their secondary woes are enough for Justin Fields to keep this Bears team in the game. Uh, We'll go to the injury report real quick to check out what is taking place for this 4 o'clock contest. And right now, the Bears, uh, one injury of note is Allen Robinson because he was limited in practice this week. He is battling a ankle injury, if I'm not, yes, it is ankle injury, and, but, they have Darnell Mooney. Now, Darnell Mooney has been a favorite of fantasy guys for, you know, two years now. And he actually had a pretty decent game last week. So, of Robinson, who has not had a good year at all, one of the bigger fantasy disappointments, and I'm sure disappointing for himself because, you know, he, he wants big money. He uh, has not had a good 2021, right? And so, this is going to be a spot where Mooney obviously can come in and fill in. But Robinson... He is an injury. He is a big player, was supposed to be a big player uh, on this team. So that is a player who is going to be banged up going into this contest. Now, as for the Buccaneers, you have a bunch of people that are out off the gate, right? So let's just knock them out. Antonio Brown, out, gone. Levante David, out, gone. Rob Gronkowski, gone. Richard Sherman, 
gone. Mm. Sherman's going to be out for a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So those guys are all out. But look, the Buccaneers roster is pretty thick. So I don't imagine that their injuries are going to be an issue here for the Bucks. I, I you know, 12 and a half. I don't know. If it was 13-14, I, I might give the Bears a little bit more credit, but it's not. It's 12-and-a-half, and so I went with the Bucks, as did my brother. So, Eggy Brothers on the Buccaneers. Cardinals in Arizona. Another monster favorite, 17-and-a-half points. Why? Because they're playing the Texans. Here it is. This is the biggest line of the weekend. All three of these monster lines, all at 4 o'clock, which gives you really nothing to watch. Uh, Raiders, Eagles, obviously. But the Cardinals here, Arizona, they just got uh, Cliff Kingsbury back. He passed his second COVID test in 48 hours, so that means he is good to go. And so he will be back on the sidelines calling plays for the Cardinals. The Texans here are going to have to try to keep it within two touchdowns and a field goal, uh, and that's going to be a question mark. The Sharps don't think that it's going to happen because they are on the Cardinals. Now, the other two uh, uh, items at play here, being the ticket pool and the money pool, are over on the Texan side. And the money has actually shifted. So right now, the tickets are 57% in favor of the Texans. And the money is at 67%. And that is up all the way from 35% earlier in the week. So you've seen a 30% move in the big money pool on the Texans in this game going into 4 o'clock on Sunday. Over under on this one is 47 Seven and a half points. The injury, uh, the injury report for this one is not that big. Although Chandler Jones, defensive lineman for the Cardinals, he was a scratch here going into the game, so he will not play. As for the Texans, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. This is not injuries are not going to play a factor at all in this contest. This is just going to be can the Texans somehow keep it within firing distance. Seventeen and a half. I'm sorry, is just too much. Now this kind of goes back to that Rams Lions little tidbit that I said about Fat Jack, Fat Jack, where he said that as the line gets bigger, the tendency is for the favorite to cover. So here at seventeen and a half points, I, you know that would lean toward the Cardinals covering this spread. Texans on the road, not a good team. Sills at quarterback, I, nothing going right for that team. It's just too much for me. So I ended up going with the Texans in this one, as did my brother. And so that leaves us with two more games and just two games left to talk about. And the first one is our Sunday night football game, which is one of the better games this weekend. Albeit not a great game, but it is okay. And as it faces the San Francisco 49ers against the Indianapolis Colts, to be played out there at Levi Stadium in San Francisco. The 49ers are four-point favorites right now against the Colts, and the over-under here is 42 and a half points. The tickets are completely sp- split uh, between the Colts and the 49ers. They... Uh, the 49ers had a slight lead earlier in the week, and that has come down. So now it is nothing. It is just a split. The money, meanwhile, has come in on the 49ers and have now taken a lead 59% of the money pool in on San Fran. That was at 38%, so you've seen a 20% shift as the week has gone on. Sharps have not taken an angle on this, obviously waiting to see what happens with their 1 and their 4 o'clock games. But as for the Eggy brothers, we're going to stand on opposite sidelines on this one. I ended up taking the 49ers. My brother ended up taking the Colts. Uh, look, the Colts are an okay play. They have been very formidable over the course of the year because outside of the Ravens, I think that the Colts might have been the other team that has faced just a slew of injuries from the beginning. I mean, and if things have worked out okay in their favor. I mean, remember Carson Wentz had that foot injury and he could have missed the entire year and yet he's played the entire year, right? So, uh, but there have been other injuries across the board in this one and that's what we'll go to see who is in and who is out. So, we're not going to touch on any of the IRs. If you want, go there, check them out. Quentin Nelson, obviously he is on IR, but offensive tackle Braden Smith, uh, he's got a foot and a thumb injury and he will be out. The other outs for this week... uh, 
uh, defensive end uh, Kamoko Ture, cornerback Rock Yasin, uh, safety Julian Blackman, running back Jordan Wilkins, they're all out. And then T.Y. Hilton is questionable, but I think he is going to ultimately be a no-go for this week. Um, you'll have to see. I think they'll give the final word of that later on today, but I all our odds are on the fact that he will not be playing. And for 49ers, there's really nothing left to talk about. It's going to be Garoppolo under center for them. So, uh, you know, there, there will not be the next uh, the next regime coming in here, if you will, in Trey Lance. It will be the old regime and Jimmy Garoppolo trying to gut out this win. So I ended up taking the 49ers. I like the 49ers uh, in their home stadium. The Colts have fought well. They've done good. They have come up in certain spots. You know, they, they have failed in others. They could have had that game versus the Rams. They could have had the game versus the uh, versus the Ravens two weeks ago. And you do that, all of a sudden they're four and two instead of two and four. You know, I don't know. It's not a bad play. It's a game that I would probably stay away from. But for the fact of picking all the games, I'm going to end up taking the 49ers here and the home team coming off of a bye versus the Colts, who are not off of a bye, going across uh, the field and are obviously going to be dealing with a couple of injuries, but they've dealt with them all year long. So anyway, that's that game. So then finally, it wraps up with one final one, and that's always what used to be the best game of the week, and that was the Monday Night Football game. Because you used to wrap up your Sunday, get ready for Monday, and then be like, you know what, the week sucks, Monday stinks, but I get to fire it back at a bar with a couple of friends and throw back some beers, watching some football to get me through until Thursday when I can just start drinking on Thursday, Thursdays again. But now with the Thursday game, the Monday game has kind of become the Thursday game and the Monday night football game, on top of having crappy schedules, just doesn't really have the impact because the amount of football that you get now by the time Monday night comes around has really dissolved the, I don't want to say the importance, not that it was importance, but the relevancy of the Monday night game. It's great. It's a thing to watch, but no longer is it some kind of appointment TV or some kind of at least, you know, liquor generator uh, revenue, liquor revenue generator, I should say. Probably makes more sense to do it that way. You know, I, I mean, maybe some places, obviously, if you have a team going on that Monday night, but I don't know if too many people are going out for that Monday night game the way that they used to. But anyway, in this Monday night game, it's not going to help that one of the teams is short their quarterback. Yes, the Seahawks, again, are going to be without Russell Wilson. They are going to be a home dog in this contest against the New Orleans Saints. Saints right now favored by four and a half points. The Saints own the ticket uh, percentage with 59, so they're almost up at 60 and really own the money percentage at 70. The Sharps, obviously, are going to come in on the Seahawks on that one. You're talking about a home team where you see a lot of money and tickets on the other side. So that's an easy, sharp play right there. The over-under in this is going to be 42.5 points. And I don't know. You know, it's still far out. But look, the Seahawks are really going to be shorthanded here because, as you can see from last week's performance, that they're infinitely a better team with Russell Wilson and the fall off to Geno Smith is pretty stark. Now, they do have two pretty formidable wide receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Metcalf, obviously, who's kind of a physical phenom and specimen, so he might be able to, you know, at least fight through the downgrade of QB talent here with Smith. So the question becomes, do you like the Seahawks at home giving the four and a half as it is right now versus the Saints team coming off a bye who don't really have a formidable offense? They do have Jameis Winston. He's going to be playing as I'm pretty sure Tyson Hill is out. That's the one uh, that is the one notable injury from that game that I, I did see earlier that he's going to be out. So there is going to be no quarterback controversy in this one. It's going to be Tyson. Uh, it's going to be uh, 
whatever. I'm not teasing. I just said he was hurt. You stupid idiot. What are you doing? You are a stupid I'm sorry. Asshole. I get it. I get it. I get it. Anyway, like I said, Jameis Winston is what I meant. And he's going to be in there. They are going to be getting some players back on defense. I, I mean, the Saints probably should win this game and should cover. Uh, and that is why my brother is taking them here. He is more than happy with the talent that they have on that roster coming into this game, plus the one-week rest. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. For whatever reason, I think five is a, a little much for this team. Uh, I know they do have another questionable with... I, I mean, not another questionable because Russell Wilson is out, but a questionable here with Alex Collins, who's replacing uh, Carson, who is on the IR. I know Rashad Penny might come back, so the running back is in f- position, is in flux here for the Seahawks, but I, I think that they can probably get it done here at home, or at least keep this game a little close. I would not be shocked at all if the Saints open this up. So I think that your options here are the Saints easily covering the five points or the Seahawks getting a a, a three-point to win game at home. I I don't think you're seeing the Saints by six, right? That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's going to be like a close game in favor of the Saints. I think the Saints are either going to run away with it or the Seahawks might pull this out for a victory. Uh, That's just my gut feeling. My brother, again, on the complete opposite side of that. So, he's on the Saints. I'm on the Seahawks. Uh, You can follow the update on the injuries for that tomorrow when they release the final notes. And why don't we go back to see what the most recent injuries are for week seven. And here we go. Official inactives, because those are the ones that we wanted. Well, we'll do it actives. These is uh, ones that just popped up here. Tyreek Hill is in. Julio Jones in. Antonio Gibson battling that shin injury. He is in. Evan Ingram also good to go. Darius Slayton will be good to go. Inactives. Some of the people that we mentioned before that were questionable have been moved out. So, Sterling Shepard will be a no-go. Devontae Parker, no-no. Tevin Coleman, no-go. Ramonde Stevenson. I think Stevenson is a healthy scratch. I don't know. I don't remember seeing him at all on the injury list. And he had been getting a ton of play in the past couple of weeks, uh, spelling Damian Harris there in New England. Well, he is actually going to be out. So that's pretty interesting there. So let's see as I scroll down to see if there's any other inactives who I did not mention that is of uh, Patriots, Dante Hightower. He's out now. And so you have Howard, Hightower, and Stevenson, both that were questionable, that will be out. The Jets, I mentioned Tevin Coleman, C.J. Mosley, we knew he was going to be out. He's out anyway. Um, And as I scroll to pick out some other names here that we have not talked about but that were on the fence, I don't see many others. So those are the ones that are coming out. Uh, Like I said, Cliff Kingsbury, he is good to go. He passed his second uh, COVID test, so he'll be on the sidelines. Um, Darren Waller is still a game-time decision. Allen Robinson will play. He was on the fence uh, for the Giants. We mentioned the ones that were out, so that means that Slayton, John Ross, Evan Ingram, all going to play. Um, Sony Michelle, who we, you know, he was injured for the Rams. It doesn't matter. He just spells uh, twice. I use the word spells. Uh, spells three times. Um, what do you call it, Daryl Henderson uh, there in the backfield for the Rams, but he's he's good to go, and that's uh, that's about it. So, as we say in the biz, it's one in the books, and I'm not in the biz, and I don't think that they actually say that, but for sure, I just did. So, enjoy your week sevens. All the best for your betting, and I will talk to you this week with my brother, if not earlier. Enjoy Audi 5000. Peace, love, and hair grease. Insert cliche here.